Hi, you're listening to Conversations on the Rocks, the podcast where my guest chooses the topic. And I am your host, Kristen Dokus. Today's guest is international body language expert, Blanca Cobb. And Blanca and I are going to talk about relationships and how the virus or any major event can impact them. Or could it just be that your relationship just sucks? So grab your favorite cocktail or a cup of joe and let's get started. Everybody, this is Kristen Dokus, and you are listening to Conversations on the Rocks, the podcast where my guests choose the topic. And today I am talking to Blanca Cobb, who is a body language expert. And we are going to talk a little bit about is it really the virus or does your relationship just suck? Hi, Blanca. Hi, how's it going? Good. As good as it can be. I keep saying that. I need to stop saying that because we're all in this boat together. We are. So Blanca, tell us a little bit about yourself and what it is that you do and what makes you so unique. Right. Well, you started off by saying I'm a body language expert and I am. I am happy to say that I'm one of the top 30 in the world. Woo-woo. As rated by the global group gurus. And um, I've been doing this for about eight years. I studied body language and I have a master's in psychology. And so what I've done is I've just combined the two when I analyze behavior to understand people and why people do the things that they do and understand how their mindset or their thoughts or their feelings impact their body language and how it comes across. Because a lot of times you say so much, but you don't even realize that you're talking because nothing's coming out of your lips. It's just your body that's really telling people what's going on for you. And I've learned a lot just by vicariously, by being around you and being your friend. Um, And you are spot on with that. It's funny how once you kind of clue uh, clue into it, I think one of the biggest things uh, that you taught me or that I learned from you was, and I probably I'm not going to make the right, use the right term, but a a point of reference. So if someone is consistently doing one thing and then they deviate from that, that's a really big, it could be a red flag, but it's definitely an indicator that something has changed. Exactly. That's a great definition. And what you're talking about is baseline. You get somebody's baseline behavior, how they typically behave, how they typically act. And it's exactly what you said, Kristen, when you notice a change in that behavior, it's like, aha, But here's the deal. You don't know what causes it and what lands people in so much problems is that they automatically think, I know why they did that. I know what's going on for them. And you don't. True. Because, you know, as well as we may know someone, really, we only know what they're giving us. There's always there's always more deep going on. And the one thing that I've luckily learned is that it's not about you nine times out of 10. It's something internal with them. Yes. There's so many other reasons that it could be that it's outside of you. Maybe what you're talking about triggers a memory of somebody else, or maybe they're thinking about something different at that time, or maybe they're late to something. I mean, there could be a lot of different reasons. And it also could be that maybe you're getting a little too close for comfort mm-hmm. and they don't want to discuss it. Right. And I think we're seeing a lot of this big time right now with the virus. Mm -hmm. Everybody is cooped up. They're either cooped up alone or they're cooped up with a partner, whether that's a spouse or whether it's a significant other or whether it's the kids. And everyone is reacting in very different ways. Oh, yeah. I know. Oh, yeah. yeah. This is really bringing out a lot of different sides of people. And I think a lot of people are forgetting that. I think they, 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 they don't realize that we're all in the same boat. However, everybody deals with these things in, a, in their own way. 
and how they react is not necessarily how you would react, but yet now we're reacting to them for reacting. And it's just, the whole thing is just a big giant mess and people are not be they're not being compassionate right now. The one thing that I You're have right. done, I'm trying to give people a lot of compassion and basically giving them a free pass. Mm-hmm. And I don't, that's good. I don't think many other people are doing this. So let's talk about the relationships and the conversations that may or may not be happening right now. So we're going to use the term relationships. And again, like I said earlier, it could be your husband or wife. It could be your boyfriend or girlfriend, or it could be your roommate. So we're going to just use the generic term relationship because every one of us has a relationship with uh, another person. Mm -hmm. So what are you seeing? What I'm noticing is that, well, let me back up just a little bit. So in the news, it is in it and in China it has started and then in the New York Post they talked about this recently where the divorce rate is increasing. So what that means is a lot of people are getting on the phone and they're calling attorneys and they're like, All right, what's this process? I can't stand them anymore. I want out. What do I have to do? When are the courts gonna open? They're getting a lot of conversation about divorce and how to do this. And it's increasing. And if you think about it, you take a step back and you really think about it, I'm like, okay, this is a very trying time for a lot of people. I mean, there's so much that is not in anyone's control, right? It's not in your control, whether you keep your job, when the economy's coming back, how long you're gonna be quarantined, when schools are gonna start back up. You don't know if you got kids going to college next year. Are they really gonna go to a campus or are they gonna do the online learning? Is this virus gonna come back? I mean, I could just go on with the different types of questions that are out there, but it's all causing some type of stress. And you really get into this like um, figuratively speaking boxing match with your partner when you don't see something eye to eye. Right. Because you're looking at it from one perspective, they're looking at it from another. Or let's say you have a partner who um, was looking forward to a promotion or they just started a new company or they just got canned or they're the provider and they're proud to be the provider and they can't or maybe they lost the job and they think you should be doing more but you're not so you can just hear all these different variables that i'm mentioning that can cause a catastrophe in any type of relationship the problem is people are thinking it's just the coronavirus related not the virus itself is causing it but the stress from the virus right and i'm going to challenge that and i'm going to say no if because if you've had these problems before this virus even came to being then you know it's a long standing relation uh, long standing problem i mean absolutely if you've had these problems 6 months ago a year ago or you've been struggling like, i don't even know if i like this person anymore do i really want to be in this relationship what should i do what happens is it's like the, the coronavirus stress is pulling the Band-Aid off the problem and it's intensifying it. Oh, absolutely. It's gas on the fire. Yes. Gas on the fire. It. It's just gas mm-hmm. on the fire. And I agree. And which it kind of goes back to what I said earlier, especially with relationships or friendships that I have uh, maybe just been introduced to someone, right? The the level of connection may or may not have been there. Um, and I think this is a lot of people that I'm uh, talking to is you just have to push the pause button. You can't make, mm-hmm. and you cannot make emotional decisions during a time like this. Oh, right. You just can't. Um, yes. I'm hesitating right there because I think it depends on where you are in that relationship. So if it's, let's say it's a new stress and it's all, and you're noticing, okay, it's just because of this damn coronavirus that this is happening, then I say pump the brakes. Absolutely pump the brakes because then those emotions can cloud any rational decision-making, Right. But if it's a long-standing problem, and this is like, I've had it, this just solidifies why you and I don't get along, we don't see eye to eye, 
you still believe A, I still believe X, we cannot meet in the middle, then then you might then that might be a different ball. Abs there's absolutely. Nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do right now anyway. Courts are closed. Sure, you can call an attorney and you can start that process, but really nothing's gonna happen until courts open again. So it just depends on where you are in the relationship and how long this has been going on, whether it's a longstanding problem or if it's something just recent and it's acute because of the situation. Absolutely. And it, and I, there was a funny meme, sorry. <laughs> I lost my train of thought there for a second. There was a funny meme that I don't think is so funny, but I do think is so funny, which is that uh, divorce lawyers were the reason the coronavirus started. <laughs> they are definitely going to be the ones, <laughs> they're definitely going to be the ones that- They're benefiting. Oh, big time they're going to be benefiting mm -hmm. from this. And it's sad, but at the same time, you're right. Sometimes it does take this, something of this magnitude to- really just wake up and smell the coffee see the reality of well, it look at it look at it this way too so many people stay in limbo they are in a shitty relationship and they will stay onto that relationship for any kind of excuse they can make up yes don't have money to go on my own um i i'm gonna lose the 401k because i'm gonna have to share it i don't what about the kids i mean they will come up with any excuse but with this coronavirus it's like i'm gonna lose everything anyway so what more can i possibly lose right Right. And when you have that mentality, it's like, oh, well, right. It's not that, yeah, well, it's really not that bad. I'm struggling right now. Sure, it's going to be a little different, but hey, we're doing it right now, even though it's exceedingly hard. How much harder can it be? Right. I'm already at ground zero. Right. So whatever, let's, let's, let's move on. We really need to go our separate ways. What are some, you know, one of the things we were chatting about a little bit before is the communications. And, you know, you hear people saying, you know, this, you, you may have lost this and you may have lost that, but you haven't lost the ability to get deep, meaningful conversations with people. And I'm calling bullshit on that one because yeah, sure you can, but by the same token, I'm not having deep, meaningful conversations with anybody right now. Yeah, that that's hard. I mean, it really is. I, I believe that a majority of people are really trying to have an optimistic outlook, right? Because what else can you do? I mean, you can wallow in the negativity. That's all you're going to see is negative right. and you're not going to be able to, to get out of that pool of negativity. So you try to find the silver linings in situations. But what I'm seeing is that people really aren't taking care of themselves because they don't know how. They're so stressed out. I mean, even thinking about exercise. Yeah, you're going to do it in a room in your house. So you're not going to be able to spread out like you normally would at the gym. So let's someone will well, Blanca, I don't even go to the gym. Fine. But you could go outside, right? You could go bike or you could go walk or you could go hike or you could do whatever. But parks are closed now. You, you don't really go out too far. So people aren't really finding healthy ways to relieve all of that excess energy and that anxiety and that mm -hmm. angst. And it just builds. up. Yes, yes, yes. And I know my motivation is tanked. I mean, we have all this, all this time in the world, quote unquote, and I have good days. I have good busy days. And then I have days where I do nothing more than sit on my computer and read articles when I know there's a hundred other things that I need to be doing. And you bring up a really good point, Kristen, because isn't that real life anyway? It's like all of a sudden we have this coronavirus. So everyone feels like, okay, you have to be 100% motivated and you got to get out there and you got to find a side hustle and you have to do X and you have to do Y and you have to do Z because when this is over, so this way you can be on top. I mean, you know, right. and that's great to be that cheerleader, but it puts, I think, this incredible amount of pressure on somebody. Absolutely. And because they now they haven't been training for the fight. They haven't been yeah. training for the fight. So it's not like a Rocky movie, which I love Rocky. 
so Rocky, what does he do? You know, he got the shit beat out of him, and then he goes back and he works out and he works out and he gets stronger and harder and he did the mindset and all of that he needs to do to get back in the ring. So what's happening now, it's more like the gladiator movie. <laughs> Has anyone seen the gladiator movie with Russell Crowe where he gets stabbed by Joaquin Phoenix first and then he has to go in. So he's already hurt as he's going in. No one's been training for this is my point. And it's like this unrealistic expectation of this is what you got to do in order to cross that finish line. Oh, absolutely. I mean, right now, I think most of us are tuning out and shutting down. And I think it's because it's a protection mechanism because we are not as we've never, ever, anyone in this generation have had to endure anything like this. So we don't, like you said, we don't know how to handle it. So sometimes the only way to do that is just to pull very deep inside and shut everything out. It's protective. Absolutely. Now, uh I'm from the philosophy, you feel those emotions. Whatever it is you're feeling, feel it. You're human. It's important to deal with those emotions. But listen to what I just said, deal. So what happens a lot of times is people won't deal. They just let it take over their lives. And that's where you're going to stay at the starting block. And no matter whether we have the coronavirus or not, that's not how you live your life. You still have to progress forward. Just don't let those emotions or that negativity stall you or paralyze you, if you will. So that way you're not making strides in your own life because that isn't healthy. And particularly if you have kids, they're watching. Oh, yeah. They are watching how you are handling this stress because you know what, mom or dad out there? That's how they are going to handle stress because one day they're not going to be at home with you. But what you do influences their behavior. How many times you hear, you know, you and I have a conversation or you have a conversation with anybody. You know, well, that's what happened in my family. That's what my mom did. or That's how my dad used to do it. Right. It always goes back to the family. So this is your time. Be stressed. Show your kids your stress. But you have to have to set the example. Okay, I'm stressed out of my mind. This is what I think I'm gonna, this is what we're going to do. This is what's going to happen. And of course, you're going to talk differently and tell your kids different things depending on where they are developmentally. How are the kids hand? I mean, how, what is a good way, speaking of the kids, um, I know, I mean, your kids are older just like mine are. And mm -hmm. it's a little easier to explain things to them but it, it's you know i've had a challenge explaining to my kids breaking it down as to you know the validity of what's going on with my kids we've had several different conversations along the way and then one was what is this coronavirus really and why is it that we have to stay at home or if it's only impacting the older people then why do we still have to do this so and it's and it's just educating them you know, I had that conversation. Okay, yes, this is what you've heard and this is correct, but let me expand on that and help you understand the other side. And then, that you know, then they can start understanding and getting it for themselves. And then having a conversation. Okay, this is how it's impacting our family income right now. And this is what we have to do. And it is not about scaring your children. Absolutely not. It's just giving them the dose of realism. Because you know what? Eventually when they are not home, and I'm talking about teenagers, so you bring up a good point. I mean, I've got two high schoolers. So when they're on their own, they're going to have to figure some of the stuff. That doesn't mean mom and dad's not available, but a lot of times you want to rely on yourself because as a parent, you, you, you pretty much say that you're successful when your kids can be independent and they are functioning. It doesn't mean they never reach out to you or ask for your advice, but they need to stand on their own two feet. Mm -hmm. So that's why I say it's a good idea to start talking to them about finances and how this is impacting or how you're going to need to save or what this might mean, or even talk about your 401ks if you have them. It's tanking right now, yep. but it will recover. And this is how it's going to recover. So this is why I'm not as worried. I'm this far away from retirement or, 
or if you're closer to retirement, you have older kids, you can say, but this is what I'm doing to protect or whatever, whatever your situation is. But it's so critical for your kids to understand. I mean, this is this is a perfect teachable moment for kids. It's not like this is going to happen. Hopefully, I should say, this isn't something that's going to happen frequently that we have a country shut down because of a, a, a global health concern. Well, and the other th- uh, thing that I've noticed having to have the conversation with my kids over and over and over again is you're not unique. Every single person in this entire world right now yeah. is impacted by this. So, and oh I, gosh, it, yeah. yeah, and it's, I know they're frustrated, just like we're frustrated that no, you just can't go. And I'm sorry, but you're not unique. <laughs> oh, that's a really good point that you bring up. And you've said this earlier in, the, in your podcast is that we're in this together. Yeah. Everybody has the same constraints. You have to stay at home. You're going to have to wear the mask when you go out. You have to question yourself. Do you really need to go out? And surely only one person needs to go to the grocery store, not all of you. So it's, 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 but that's happening in all families. It's across America and it's across the world. Absolutely. So what are some ways that humans can work on their relationships while they're in this situation. What happens is that people are very reactive. You hear something, you see something, immediately you react. I say, pump the brakes, stop, and just say, okay, I said X, but they're acting Y. Why might that be? If you look at it from somebody else's perspective and not your own, I'm not saying you have to agree with it. I'm not saying that you think that it's right. It helps you understand because if you want to understand, then you're going to bridge the chaos. You're going to bridge the um, the angst between the two of you. And then it, you just don't want it to snowball because what, what's the point of being right or wrong right now? You really need that. And this is where you build some compassion. Also, you're going to show compassion when you try to see something from somebody else's point of view. Empathy. People need more empathy Absolutely. right now. Absolutely. Oh, my God. You have to be kind. Ellen DeGeneres says this all the time, but it is so true. I mean, she's not the only one to have said it. A lot of people say it also, but she just has the biggest platform. Be kind. We have to be nice. We have to try to understand somebody from where they are. You know, we have, what's that old adage? It's like, you don't judge somebody unless you've walked a mile in their shoes. Right. That is so true. And particularly now, because a lot of times you're like, okay, I've been through this, or I have this much experience, or I'm in charge of the family, or whatever you, you, your situation is, you feel like your way is the only way. And that may not be. It really may not be. There's more than one way to solve a problem. And I think our generation, meaning Gen X, is having a mm-hmm. particularly interesting time right now because we're stressed about our children and we're stressed about our parents. Oh yes. And you, oh my gosh, yes. You know, it just we're having to make sure that our parents are, you know, because most of the boomers I know are uh, have this they think they have some kind of bubble around them just like our teenagers do. And it's like, no, you cannot do this. I know I've had these conversations with my mom. She's been really good about staying in, mm-hmm. thankfully. But um I know there's a lot of them that, you know, just don't get it. You bring up, oh my God, I'm so happy you brought that up because think about when you're no longer living with your parents, you're taking care of your children, but your parents are on their own. And particularly if it's because they, they live by themselves or, or their their husband or wife has already passed, they're lonely. Yes. So imagine how amplified all of this is for them. But then we get so caught up because we're still in charge of our own households and we don't live near our parents and we're still taking care of our kids. 
and trying to figure out, oh my gosh, I'm going to get food on the table. I'm going to pay the bills. What's going to happen? Exactly. It's just so much worse for parents. It, it really is. And older parents. And it's just just another stressor on top of all the oh other stresses gosh. that we have. Like you said, people are losing jobs. They're mm-hmm. they're losing their their financial investments, but usually, hopefully, that'll bounce back. And we're having to parent both our parents and our kids. So, oh my gosh, and, absolutely, and, yes. and goes back to what you said earlier, which is you got to feel the feels. It's okay. It was one of my favorite things to say. It's okay to have a pity party, but you can't move in. Exactly. You you <laughs> can you cannot. And going back to to parents, our older parents, think about. A majority of the parents, the majority of the parents don't want to burden their children. So imagine your elder parent who's by him or herself in another city or town, maybe another state. They're going to hold a lot of it in. Why? Because they're still your mom and dad. Right. And it's always their job to protect you no matter how old you are, no matter how successful you are. And it's going to be no different from you and I and other parents who have younger kids. And I've got teenagers, just like you do when I think you have one in the early 20s. But you get my point, right? As a parent, you're always protecting your children. So that makes the older parents who are not with us, I believe, even more isolated because they're going to carry more burden. Because why? They don't want for you to worry because you have your own life and you have your own family. Well, and it's interesting you say that because one of the other things that I'm noticing too is, and I just wish people would stop this, but, and be more direct, is the passive aggressive comments. Oh, yes. I hate that. Give me an example. So, (laughs) well, I'm not, this is not my mother. I'm not saying this. So if my mom's listening to this, this is not you, mom. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) I have to put that disclaimer out there. Let's put that caveat out there right now. This is not about you. So, uh-huh. you know, the the scenario that you just set up, the parents are always the protectors, right? And yep. the, I didn't want to bother you. Well, this is the time where you need to bother me. I didn't want to bother you because I know you've got so much on your plate. And while that's probably true, it still comes across as very passive aggressive. Oh, sure. Sure. I, I don't think they mean to, I guess, depending on who the who the parent is, you know, your parent better. And I'm talking about the universal you here, all, all your um, listeners. So you know how your parent is, um, but some of them, they really mean it. And some of them are wicked stubborn. So no matter what you say, you can rely on me. I want to know what's going on. They'll still deny, deny, deny. Absolutely. So how can we better connect? Uh, with with parents? With, with one, whoever, whoever, in any relationship. Well, I talked a little bit about the empathy and the compassion and trying to not be so reactive and looking at it from the other person's perspective. But what I believe when it comes to the older parents, you still want to do that, but you want to check in with them more frequently. And it can be for five minutes. I think people feel like because they don't talk to their parents as frequently, as soon as you get on the phone, like, oh my gosh, it's going to be an hour and I'm going to have to listen to Uncle Charlie all over again. I really don't care what's going on with Uncle Charlie. He's fine. Him and Aunt Jane are doing great. I just don't, you know, so you, you come up with these, these ideas in your head of what that conversation is going to be like. So I think you can call mom or dad if, you, if they have if they can use FaceTime, if you have FaceTime, if you have some type of video connection, do that or talk to them and say, hey, I wanted to check on you. I, I've got five minutes, but I can call you back later. So you go ahead and set those parameters, but you want to do it in a nice way. Not like, oh, my gosh, I've got five minutes. Go. I don't want to do anything like that. right? <laughs> I'm giving you five minutes of my time. That's all you get. So don't waste it. <laughs> No, but the reason I say you break it up because then it's more tolerable for you when you have your own family and you're far away or you have whatever's going on in your own life, but your parents do need you also. Yes, they do. 
They do. Because they have been there for you ever since they were pregnant with you. Well, and I also like to flip now. I like to flip the script sometimes mm -hmm. and imagine if this if the script were flipped with my kids, right? How would I feel oh, if I didn't yeah. hear from my kids once they've moved out? Oh my gosh, such a good point you bring up. And I wouldn't like it. So, you know, they, they, our parents want us to be involved. I, I agree with you. And um, I, I will admit I'm guilty of not being the perfect daughter. Far from it. I'm not the perfect anything. But, you know, I need mm -hmm. to, you know, I, I do, whether I try and tap my mom a few times a week, whether it's uh, mm -hmm. phone, text, or Facebook Messenger, just to, right. I've, I need to make sure she's okay. Because I know she won't Absolutely. tell me. I know she won't tell me. Right. She won't volunteer that information. Parents don't want to worry. Mm -mm. If a parent is going to be a parent, my, my mother still tells. She's like, you can be 180 years old and I'm still going to care about you. I'm still going to want to protect you. I'm still, you know, you're still my baby girl. That's what my mom says. She's the same thing to my brother. Of course, baby boy for him. But you get my point. It's just, I just think that's human nature. I just think that's how parents are structured. I mean, that's how I am with my kids. I know that's how you are with your girls. So we've got a few more minutes left. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about some of the projects that you've been working on during, you know, this, everybody's got so much time on their hands. <laughs> are, you be, are you being motivated? <laughs> I, mm, yes and no. Overall, yes. I mean, I do have some moments where I'm like, ugh. But overall, yes, I'm still working out at home. I'm still trying to, and I, I will take a walk or, or a bike, but I'm not doing that so much anymore now that things seem to be more serious. I'm just like staying put inside. Um, so I am definitely trying to, to maintain my own mental health, my own sanity, but then I am working on a, a really cool project. So let me tell you how it came about. So right now, cause everything like business world is what it is online. So they're virtual meetings because traveling is gone face to face, face to face meetings are gone. There's no happy hours or meetings or conferences or travel or anything. So everyone's jumping on video, right? But people don't know how to do video. Oh, gosh. Because they suck on video. And I'm being nice about it. But they feel like all you got to do is just, just look at something and you talk. Half the time, they don't even know where the camera is. So they're just not even looking at you. Or they feel like, okay, I need to take up an hour. So I'm going to take up an hour. And they start rambling instead of really having a point. I'm working on something that's called How Not to Suck on Video. Because I feel like I can help people to protect their brand because the, the, the messages that you're sending now on video is going to have a lasting impression later mm -hmm. when business goes back to normal, however that's going to look, however that's going to be. And if they don't, if you gave a bad impression on video, it's not going to magic, magically change as soon as you start having face-to-face -face meetings. Right. It's still that impression that people have. So what are you doing so you're not looking like a train wreck on video? How is it that you can come across better? <laughs> <laughs> right? And I'll tell you, the biggest mistake I see people make is that they're not themselves. Who they are in person when you're having a conversation with them is so different when they're on camera. And people know. And I firmly believe that we are going to see a lot more video stuff. And because I think one of the things that this virus has highlighted is the whole work from home, working remotely yeah. is mm -hmm. doable. I actually saw um, an article the other day that said that there was a San Francisco businessman that uh, is not going to renew his $10 million rental lease on his office building because he can Whoa. say, yeah, because he can say, or maybe, I'm sorry, let me refer, let me restate that. He's not renewing the lease, which will save him $10 million. Got it. 
400 employees. So yes, absolutely. And you're right. I mean, I know my experience with a lot of um, videos and it's just, it's, it, you're a train wreck was a really nice way of saying that. So I think, I think what you're doing is great. And hopefully a lot of people will be able to get a lot of good use out of that. How, how much longer do you think before it's going to be available? Hopefully within the next month. So it's coming across nicely. And then what I am going to do is like, so anyone who wants to follow me, you can follow me at Blanca Cobb on Facebook or uh, on Instagram is, is mostly where I am. And I'm going to start putting some tips on there about what to avoid and what you need to stop doing on video because it's really going to provide value for people because that's what I want. You want to give your best impression. It's no different than if you go to a job interview. You're not going to walk in there with slippers and sweats. It's just not going to work for you. Right. So why should you show up that way in a video? When you're talking to somebody, you know that if, if you're listening to somebody talk and they have all this fluff, think about a oh, good example, TV shows. You're like, this show could have been done in 25 minutes. Why was it an hour? <laughs> Why did they have to go through this rigmarole? Why did they have to add all of this stuff? It's no different than when you see somebody on a video. And so, look, I've got eight years of experience. I've been on uh, been on TV for eight years. I've been national television, huge shows from The Doctors to Dr. Roz, Dr. Drew, Face the Truth, Today's Show, Megyn Kelly Today. The list goes on. Right. Plus, I work at a CBS affiliate. So I know what I'm talking about. And you know what? I've made the mistakes. And I've been behind the scenes. So what you're getting from me Look, I've looked for a lot of different producers, directors, news directors, TV hosts, anchors, you name it. I've made the mistake, and then I get the inside tips of what they're looking for. I know. Right. So my knowledge, I want to become everybody else's knowledge because I want people to succeed. Sharing is caring. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> okay. And I hope that we can have another podcast together where we uh, talk exclusively about that. Absolutely. We are going to wrap up now. And any closing comments that you would like to make on people surviving the Rona with their relationships? Remember to be compassionate and to be kind and to look at the situation from your partner's perspective. It will really help you. And try not to react. Pump those brakes. I mean, slam on the brakes if you have to. Because I'm telling you, it will make a world of difference in your relationships, how you interact, and then also how you see your partner. Fantastic. Thank you, Blanca. Of course. Any and that, my friends, is a wrap on this week's show. Thanks so much for listening. You can get all of the episodes at conversationsontherocks.com. You can also follow me on Twitter, and that's at Kristen Dokas, K-R-I-S-T-E-N-D-A-U-K-A-S. Until next week, keep it real, and let's hear what your story is.